I'm Andrew Chapuria. And I'm Andrew Papadopoulos. Welcome to the NFL 20 podcast. One of the top four NFL podcasts in the greater Whetstone area. But we're not in Whetstone, or at least I'm not. Neither of us are. <laughs> Ambrish. No, Ambrish is back in India. Hence why he may and sound Andrew. robotic. I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And Andrew is in Hampstead. Yeah, because we- that's how he rolls. Yeah, West Hampstead. That's a different, different ghetto, different ghetto. Um, uh, away from the heat and its uh, and its shady spots. <laughs> and by shady, I mean covered by trees, of course. <clears throat> yes, in time-honored fashion, Ambrish is back in another continent, and we are skyping this podcast, the last podcast of the, well, if not of the season, but before the season ends. So, uh, I mean, we uh, obviously are here to talk about a game, the big game, the biggest game of all. The biggest game of the season. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, we've been looking forward to it for absolutely months. Yeah. And this is what it all comes down to, right? Yeah, this is what this is what the kids dream of when they're, you know, playing peewee football in their backyards. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, just the, the hype, the build-up. Everything that goes with it as well, the interviews, everything. Yeah, I mean, teams are drafted with the specific aim of winning this game, Ambrish. Yes, <laughs> because now the Pro Bowl contains a draft. Yes, we're about the Pro Bowl. Oh, the Pro Bowl. Oh, that was our big Pro Bowl slam. Anyway, <laughs> what actually happened so, in the Pro Bowl? about the Pro Bowl. Let's move on to some football. What actually happened in the Pro Bowl? I don't know or care. Who won? Is it AFC or NFC? There's no AFC or NFC anymore, dude. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. It's Team team Michael Irvin versus, I'm not sure, someone else. Jerry Rice. It's Team Jerry Rice versus Michael Irvin. Right, right, right. I can't wait. I can't wait wait for the Pro Bowls of the future where it's like Team Gronkowski versus Team Manziel. I'm not sure that'll happen. I'm not sure it'll be Team Manziel. Um, Team Manziel. We should call it that forever. Anyway, um, yeah. I heard Russell Wilson the, the Dallas was good. Qu- the Dallas backup quarterback is named after him. Yes, sure. Um, so the second biggest game of the season is what we're going to talk about. The actual mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Superb Indeed. Owl 50. That's what it is. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Supreme. So, as we know, we've got Denver Broncos mm. are playing against the Carolina Panthers totally. in uh, Super Bowl 50. It's in uh, San Francisco, right? Yeah. The Bay Area. Uh, yeah. What's the what's the stadium called again? It is, in fact, called Levi's Stadium. Ah. Oh. Would that explain uh, the terrible trousers worn by Cam Newton? <laughs> um, they were um, they were Prada, I believe. So, um, Levi's uh, will probably be suing us for that. But uh, I thought they were kind of cool. Jonathan Stewart also looking pretty sharp. Um, yeah. Seems like the three-piece suit is really the way to go for the, uh, the, 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 the dapper black man, especially in America. Um, yeah, just look at Michael Irving. Or look at, look at Dion Sanders. You know, he's, he's a man who will buy, buy an outfit and only wear it once. And then just throw it away. He <laughs> he is that guy. Yeah. And these guys are all. Well, uh, to be fair, 
To be fair, a lot of girls <coughs> do that as well. It's called the wedding dress. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about with all of his outfits. I'm not talking about like a special <laughs> occasion outfit. Um, <laughs> no, dude, don't go. Kills the outfit, kills the outfit, kills the dress, <laughs> the wedding dress, it just kills it. They can't wear it for the next wedding. Um, Although, to be fair, like in India, it's got pretty crazy. I've got to go to my cousin's wedding, and everyone's like, oh man, you can't wear the same thing you wore at the last wedding. There are like 50 weddings a year, what the hell, man? I'm not going to buy mm. 4 million clothes over my lifetime just for weddings. They're all really expensive formal clothes as well. Yeah. you gotta, you got to like, you got to be an NFL player, really. Um, in Bangalore, and it's, like, and it's like a week long, so you have to do all kinds of like it's. You got like ten different outfits you have to wear, and they all have to be different, and then they have to be different from the previous wedding as well. Like, what? Man, no one knows if you chuck in a couple that have been used before. Yeah. You've got a clever rotation system. You got to keep a chart. You got to be like, okay, so I wore this on the Wednesday of that other wedding three years ago, so I'll wear it on the Sunday this time, and no one knows. Do you reckon that's what Deion Sanders does? Yeah, maybe he does. He's like, man, I wore this. I wore this for the Super Bowl preview two years ago. So today, I can wear it on around the NFL. It's fine. It's fine, yeah. Or around the league. I bet he does. He just says, "Man, I never wear the clothes twice." Mm. And then it's for one day, you know, Rich Eisen will call him out and be like, "Show us your socks, Dion. Show us your socks." <laughs> and like, we've got a chart here, Dion. <laughs> like, and it's just like a chart, like. <laughs> 50 different pictures of Dion Sanders' ankles. It's like, there they are, Dion. There they are. Yeah. Oh, man, well, my I mean, reputation, man. He doesn't wear his trademark bandana anymore. Who doesn't? Oh, Dion Sanders. Dion. That was just when he was playing, I think. Yes. Well, I, I, he wore it off the pitch as well. But he was a youth at the time. Mm. And that's what youths wore when the, when the rap culture was big in the mm. 90s. Yes, yes, yes. I mean... And also, and also what the Backstreet Boys wore, because they wanted to look like rappers, even though they weren't. That never really clicked with me, but yeah, I understand now. I can't remember any of their names, but uh, one of them was called Nick. Called uh, <coughs> AJ as well. One of them was called AJ, that's, that's the other one I remember. Probably one of them was Nick, called, like... Nick, so that was his name. Bert, or something. <laughs> Bert and... Uh, uh, Christoph. Um, anyway. <laughs> Christoph. <laughs> there was five. What was the last one called? Steve. I have no idea what you say Sadiq. Yeah. <laughs> Christoph. Sadiq. Sadiq. That was the that was the fifth the fifth backstreet boy. <laughs> Nick Nick AJ, Bert, Christoph and Sadiq. The lineup of which famous boy band <laughs> consisted of? Oh dear. Okay. Right. Perfect. I'm, just, I'm, we, I'm just going to keep that in. That's fucking excellent. Um, <laughs> Shall we move on to some uh, American football then? Sure. As opposed to American terrible band names. American culture, man. Pop culture. Um, okay. So let's get to uh, let's get to uh, the game, the game of the hour. Um, and, uh, well, I mean, where do we start? Should we start with, do we start weirdly with our predictions? Um, I guess we could, yeah. Jump off? (laughs) Do we jump off from there? That seems like a thing. Well, okay. Well, let me say that, like, I, 
I, I'll be quite happy whoever wins as long as it's a good game. Um, but I quite I think Carolina is going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I uh, I've also projected Carolina to win by about one and a half points. Yeah, it's very close. I think that's I think that's lower. That's that's kind of more of a chance than the bookies are giving them. Yeah, so the bookies have, the spread is between four and a half and five and a half, with the more reputable bookies giving it five and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I see like okay, there are four possible scenarios that could play out. Mm. Uh, I mean, not general scenario. This is more general. This is not like, oh, here's a very specific thing. We'll discuss them a bit in a bit more detail after that. But it could be that A, Denver destroy Carolina. B, Denver win by a small margin. C, Carolina win by a small margin. Or D, Carolina destroy Denver. Okay. Which, so which one do you think is the most... So you, according to you, you think Carolina win by a small margin. That's, that's where you're leaning. Uh, yeah. What, it, what, so, it, what do you think it would take for Denver, the first scenario, Denver destroying Carolina, to happen? Um, I think, uh, well, the, the Denver defense will have to put a lot of pressure on Cam Newton, and uh, potentially maybe they can, um, because they have, the, they have the most sacks in the NFL season, and uh, mm-hmm. they have the number one defense. I mean, obviously, Cam Newton is really big and very mobile, so probably quite hard to sack. But if they can put him under a lot of pressure, then if he starts turning the ball over, that would be it. I can't see Carolina's defense just failing all of a sudden. So it would have to be a Cam Newton meltdown. That would be uh, the only scenario where I can see Denver uh, destroying the Panthers. The thing you've got to remember about Carolina is that they tend to play really well in the first half and maybe drop off a bit in the second uh, definitely in the playoffs, like again, the game against the Seahawks, where they taken, I think it was a 31-0 lead in the first half, and yeah. then they let Seattle all the way back in to nearly win, to nearly allow them to have a shot of the game. And if Denver can stop Carolina, just contain them in the first, really allow them to run up anything, uh, then it could be a really tight game. And especially with Cam Newton and his running ability, if they can keep a man spared just to scout the line, because. Denver's own, in the last game, I mean, one of the things that I've heard is uh, Denver were only rushing three or four against the Patriots and yet managed to hit Tom Brady about four gazillion times. So if they can do that and have uh, three or four at the back as well, they can keep some linebackers spare and just in case uh, Cam Newton decides to run off, they can cover him really well that way. Hmm. That is smart. No doubt. Um... Yeah, it's yeah. it's strange. I mean, Denver, um, sorry, Carolina put a lot of um, a lot of stock in their sort of fast starts. I think like they they sort of. It was, I read an article about it was, it was it was an okay article actually. It was on it was written by a a lady on the NFL dot com website. I think she was one of their journalists. For a second, I thought you were going to say a lady. <laughs> it's written by a lady. Our oh, friend a lady. Shout outs to a lady for that great article, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, so their offensive coordinator. Um, Mike Schuler puts a lot of uh, effort into the sort of opening um, packages and uh, sort of mixes things up and keeps keeps the uh, opposing defenses off balance and that's why I think they um, like and I think that's definitely a part of their their game that they all kind of put a lot of energy and, and thought into they all kind of really look forward to that kind of first quarter where they're just like yeah. being like boom. Uh, that's my technical term for it. They're just being like boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. Uh, on the flip side, 
What's his face? Wade. Uh, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> He's a great one of the great defensive coordinators. Yes. What's his first name again? Oh my god. It's Wade Phillips. Uh, Wade Phillips. That's what. That's what I said. Uh, Dwayne Wade Phillips does in fact pull out some really clever uh, looks. He does. And lots of disguises. I mean, like it's it's it's, it's you know it's always a bit weird. I think because you know these two teams have had two weeks to study just each other. So, yeah. Who's cleverer? Wade Phillips seems pretty clever. Not going to lie. If Denver can contain Carolina's offense, it probably won't be one of the blowout scenarios. It'll probably be something much closer. In which case, it'll come to Denver's offense versus Carolina's D. Would you like to tell us more about that, Andrew? Um, well, I mean, obviously with Denver's offense, even though he's not been as much of an influence... Uh, you have to start with Peyton Manning. Um, mm-hmm. Some people think he's been playing pretty well. Do you think he's been playing pretty well lately? I think he's the greatest of all time, of course. But what he about really lately? Badly, he's the greatest. What about lately? What about who? What about lately? Lately. Well, I mean, he's had a lot of injury issues, which do... He doesn't have that same power that he did before, but he's still quite quick. He's still very smart. And uh, the other thing is, although he isn't as good in the measurables, in the like his long passes and his completions and things like that, he does have a lot of intangibles, specifically redirecting the offensive line to block correctly, both for the passing game and even the run game, which opens up a lot when he's playing. Mm. Uh, you asked me about Denver's offense, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, so there's Peyton, and he's obviously got some talented weapons. And I think, uh, in general, he hasn't thrown a pick since he's come back, has he? So maybe uh, Gary Kubiak is finally kind of... Maybe him and Gary Kubiak are finally clicking a bit. And he's got sort of talented weapons. But I do think they can have a problem with um, with the running game, though. Because uh, Carolina, I think they were like sixth in in the run in run defense in, in the NFL by the end of the season. And uh, Denver's running backs, just they just aren't that good, like... I mean, they're all right, but like C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman is like they can pu- they can catch passes, but like I mean, they're not great. So I don't know how I don't know how is it, this is why it's a very interesting Super Bowl. Well, I mean, the thing is, they have to not abandon the run though, because if they start going away from the run, then all the receivers will just get jammed, and Peyton have no one to throw to. But I think. They can do enough with the run game where they might just open up a little hole or something. Especially in the second half, I think it's much more likely. Yeah, see, against the against the Patriots, um, <clears throat> of course, the Owen Daniels two touchdowns. Um, Gary Kubiak actually loves this man. I don't understand why. Um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah see, Davis barely touched the ball. The, the rushing numbers were unspectacular. I mean, CJ Anderson, 72 yards. It's pretty good. On 16 carries, pretty good. Um, and uh, obviously Owen Daniels' pivotal role, and Emmanuel Sanders was the leading receiver <clears throat> with 62 yards. So, I mean, pretty modest offensive Did, uh, offensive output there. Yeah, well, I, I think one of the big factors for Denver's offense is Demarius Thomas. And he's had a little bit of dropping trouble recently. Mm. And I think if he, can, if he has a big game, I think it would make a big difference to the team. Well, where will Carolina put Josh Norman? Mm. Will they put him? It's got to be. It's got to be on Denver, doesn't it? Yeah, it probably does. 
Or will they just play him on the left side or the right side as uh, the strong side? <clears throat> I don't think you get strong side cornerbacks. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Strong side uh, But um, it, yeah, it's true actually that Carolina's backfield is is a little bit like it's not super strong other than Josh Norman. So maybe it's possible that with his variety of weapons, including Owen Daniels, um, Peyton Manning might be able to exploit certain holes. Yeah. <clears throat> that's what he does best. That's what he does best, right? He doesn't just uh, necessarily make the big passes. He can still, if you give him any space, he will throw into it. Hmm. Mostly successfully, but not always anymore. Well, Luke Keekley's on a nice little streak of pick sixes, so um, he'll be hoping for something coming his way on um, uh, on Sunday. Um, but yeah, so, so oh, here's a scenario. What do you think the probabilities of this? Where right near the end of the game, Peyton is charging down, but there's enough time left. You know, it's not it's the fourth quarter, but it's not two minutes to go, and uh, Peyton throws a pick. And Luke Keekley starts running it back, and then Peyton tackles him, and because of that tackle, the Denver D gets a stop, and then Peyton like they they then work it in the other way around, and because of Peyton's big tackle, he saves the day and wins the game. Because of Peyton's big tackle, oh, um, the sheriff arrives again. Yes. Um, okay, that that's not an entirely impossible scenario, although Peyton Manning running down anyone seems very unlikely. I was going to say, it's pretty freaking unlikely. And even if he does, he'd probably just end up hurting his neck and retiring. Yeah, yeah. Like, as in, after that play, not after the game. He announces it on the tannoy. Like, okay, everybody, I'm retired. I'm sure Brock can do a great job for y'all. See you later. Don't forget, nation white is on your side. <laughs> anyway, why did you suddenly ask me about that un- the unlikely scenario? Uh, it just seems like it could be a thing that happens. Could be dramatic. Probably could be dramatic. It's possible that that does happen minus the um, Peyton Manning tackle. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, Demarius Thomas tackles him or something. Well, maybe Peyton Manning kind of lays out and does just enough to push Luke Kigley out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah, possible. Um, <clears throat> but... Um, I feel like uh, if, I feel like obviously Peyton Manning needs to remain turnover free. Um, so the the Denver offensive line isn't actually that great because don't forget they no. lost they lost Ryan Clady, uh, one of the I think three million NFL players that got injured this year. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't three million; it was like two and a half million. Let's yeah. be realistic. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm overreacting. Um, <clears throat> and the the Panthers had the fifth most sacks in the NFL. I'm reading, so they're pretty good at getting to the quarterback uh, too. So um, yeah, I mean, same, same thing like I said with Cam. If 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 uh, if Peyton can uh, remain turnover free, then I think uh, yeah, Denver Denver can definitely keep it close. But I don't think I don't think Carolina's going to run away with it because. You don't normally get that in Super Bowls, do you? One team just running away with it. They're always, like, pretty close. Um, um, I think a lot of the time, one team does run away with it. But in the second half, the other team's pulled it back. But usually by half, it looks like one team is going to win by... Like you, yeah. 
it's fairly normal to have a 14 or more point lead by half time yeah okay I meant like in total obviously not not counting yeah. that uh, Seattle <laughs> affair yeah. I think it was you that was saying before though that one thing that's different between the Denver-Seattle game uh, and this game between Denver and Carolina is the weather is not going to be nearly as cold. Yeah, I did say that. Which would probably be, uh, you know, it'll probably just make it easier for everyone. I mean... Yeah, but Peyton does famously struggle a lot more than other players in the cold. Well, that's what they said, but, like, I never really noticed that, but then, obviously, then that Super Bowl happened and he, like, couldn't do anything. So, like, maybe you're right. Well, that, that's, uh, I think that was a prevailing theory before that Super Bowl, actually. It's, uh, it was a fair, sorry, a prevalent theory before that Super Bowl. Mm. The sheriff needs to put on his long johns, clearly. I've been, yeah. uh, I've been wearing long johns lately. They are absolutely blinding. They're superb. I hope I've never worn them before. They're so warm. So I don't like long johns. So, you don't like them? They're very, yeah, they're itchy and uncomfortable. Um, I didn't wear them as a kid when I was in Moscow in minus 30. I was like, no, I'm not wearing long johns. I'm just going to wear jeans and run. Man. Well, I only just started wearing them and I feel like I've made a great discovery. Anyway, so um, are, are, we, are, we, are we moving? I like, I like the way you've, you've set up four scenarios here. Are we going to move into the, um, the Carolina scenario, the most likely scenario? Andrew, can you see a scenario where Denver basically get completely stuffed up and Carolina do their thing and destruction happens? Destruction of the Broncos. Um, yeah, I mean, I still, yeah, I, I, still, I think, I do think it's, it's pretty unlikely because of how good Denver's defense is. Because obviously, yeah, if, if, if Denver's offense is really poor and the Panthers force a lot of turnovers and maybe even score points on defense then they could you know, they could build up a pretty big score which they have done like throughout the season um that's yeah. that's the most likely way i could see carolina racking up way more than expected points is through defense um i don't think they'll so, so you don't think it'll just be something like them stuffing the run game and just getting lots of third and outs it'll have to be turnovers that'll cause that yeah it would, I, I don't think it will be like three and outs and then cam newton just slices up their great defense I don't think that will happen. Fair point. Fair point. With like Jericho Cotterie, I mean, like obviously that they're a pretty decent offense. They've scored a lot of points, um, but I mean, indeed they have. They've actually put two thirty-seven burgers up. Really? On, on uh, yeah, one of the Bucks and one of the Packers. Any kind of Carolina blowout scenario will be defense-led, I think, because only because you know only because Denver's defense is like uh, you know so good. Number one versus the rush as well. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so that Jonathan Stewart's gonna have a real tough time. They do they do they do a lot of very clever things though, the Panthers like. I mean and it's it, it's it's great how um um they've managed to sort of make this like it's not a complicated offense, but like like with, with kind of like run fakes and like is Cam Newton gonna run it or like is is Jonathan Stewart gonna run it or is it like a, is it like some play action or is it like a draw play kind of things just mixing up things like that that are quite simple. Um I, mean, I don't think I don't think Cam Newton is like some sort of genius. So like making an offense that's um, kind of you know hard to predict, but Cam Newton can also run it is uh, I think a really good balancing act by Mike Shuler, who hopefully won't leave and become a coach somewhere else because otherwise Cam Newton will just become a lot worse. I think. 
Anyway, shall, shall we go on to the uh, the last scenario, which is Carolina winning by a bit? Oh, well, I think that's probably the most likely scenario, which is, yeah, Carolina just pulling out a little bit of a squeaky win. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Carolina do have a bit of a lead at halftime. I'm talking like 10 points or so. But Denver brings it back, even though... Even though uh, uh, Peyton Manning does have some issues with getting tired, his shoulder fatiguing, I think that he'll still have enough to be able to bring it back and then bring it back to like a touchdown and then only lose by three. Hmm. I just hope that um, we don't see um, both offenses struggling a lot and it becoming like a sort of a defensive battle too much. I mean, I hope we don't see that. Um, I don't really mind that as much. I think if, as long as the teams are playing well, even if it's the defense is playing well, that's fine. I think undoubtedly, I mean, at some point in the game, at some point for uh, for either side, there will be a, a time when, um, you know, both the offenses maybe not at the exact same time, but like each offense will have a period when it kind of struggles because that always seems to happen. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't I don't know how exactly you go about fixing that. I don't know if it's important when it happens, like if it's at the beginning or at the end or whatever. But um yeah, I mean it's it's a uh, it's about it's gonna be about breaking out of that offensive funk because there's two very good defences. And I saw an interesting stat on uh, on on your favourite football website, WalterFootball.com. Well it's not really a stat, it's just a pointing out of something. Um Carolina hasn't actually faced a lot of teams this year who are very good at sacking the quarterback. Um, I think, mm-hmm. according to him, it's only two of the top ten teams. Um, okay. Uh, which was the Packers and the Titans. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, Denver is very good at getting to the quarterback, obviously, with DeMarcus Ware and Vaughn uh, Miller. So, yeah, it's and, and then, you know, Carolina's offensive tackles, Michael Orr, you remember him? I do. You remember him? Uh, former Raven. Uh, in the Super yeah. Bowl again. Uh, you know, the Cowboys' offensive tackles, they're okay, but they're not great. So, like, it's going to be a tricky one. They're going to have to... Mm-hmm. Cam Newton's going to have to be getting rid of the ball pretty quickly. Or taking well, he off. He could be scrambling around. Or taking off, yeah. Or giving it to Jonathan Stewart, whatever. Or throwing it to Mike Tolbert. <laughs> Tolbert! Tolbert! The bowling ball. So earlier, before, before we recorded the podcast... We had an interview with our not-so-special guest, Alex K, uh, where only I spoke to him because I'm the only one cool enough and available enough at the particular time when he was available. So roll the tape. Hey, Alex, how's it going? Very good, thanks. Very good, thanks. Looking forward uh, to this weekend. But actually, you know what? Before we move on to the Super Bowl, I do actually want to ask your opinion on not the Pro Bowl necessarily, but I mean, the general consensus is that the extra week gives teams longer to prepare, it gives players a break, it gives all the fans time to prepare for their travels. But do you think there's something better they could do with the spare week or the spare weekend? I heard a, I heard a proposition uh, the other day for having a, uh, a playoff between the worst two ranking teams in the, in the, the NFL for the number one pick, which uh, in years where there's a... A big standout coming out of college, uh, like the year that uh, Andrew Luck came out or something. That would be quite good to see a, 
uh, not a suck for luck season, rather <laughs> a, a play for luck game. So uh, I think that'd be quite a cool idea. How about you? Yeah, I've, I've heard that as well. I um, I think that would leave the Browns to play the Titans, which would be truly devastating. <laughs> well, it would be a really interesting game, though. There'd be so much at stake. But, God, the quality would be mediocre at best. Yeah, which is so much different from the Pro Bowl. So. <laughs> okay, fair point. That would be way better than the Pro Bowl. At least it would be a proper game. Yeah, I think that I think that would be an interesting experiment, and the NFL always seems to be up for experimenting with things. So uh, I think they should try that in the next couple of years. Yeah, uh, I've also heard something about maybe having just less players, so maybe they could play like touch football rules, where they pretty much don't bother with any significant line, maybe a little bit, and uh, just kind of let players play almost like the first half of the basketball All Star game. Yeah, that would be quite interesting. Uh, I'm not sure I'd desperately be tuning in to see it still, though. Uh, I think there's just not enough on the line to want to watch it at the moment. So you need some sort of uh, impetus or goal at the end of the game, uh, rather than it just being a big uh, jolly, as well, it seems at the moment. And uh, a jolly in T-shirts without pads on sounds a bit even worse to me. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, given that they don't touch each other anyway, you may as well make it clear and take the pads off. Uh, the pads aren't doing anything in this game. Yeah, that is true. But it's, it's I, I don't know, it's, 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 it's getting further and further away from uh, from why people watch football in the first place, I think. So you, so you want something hyper-competitive, as you were saying, like the draft pick. Yeah. That could be, a, could be a very interesting proposition. We'll have to have a think and see if we can come up with something even better and then... Uh, just give a drop a phone call to our boy, Roger Goodell. Ah, uh, yeah, one of our top listeners. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can uh, come up with some ideas for next time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If only we had someone who worked in the media who could write an article and publish it on a popular website. Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. So. <laughs> to be fair, we don't actually have an article yet. So when we get on that, we come up with a great idea that's going to revolutionise the game, we let you know and you can publish it. Okay, that's a deal. That's a deal. We'll, uh, we'll make it go viral. Indeed. Like the, the, the dick move went today. Have you seen this gymnastics, gymnast move? No, I haven't. Uh, my headline is uh, Gymnast uh, Creates Dick Move, which is uh, <laughs> Melissa Dick, the uh, American gymnast, oh, has named a new beam mount manoeuvre, uh, the dick mount, uh, which, which is very impressive. Uh, split splits in the air onto the top of a beam all our readers are very interested so I share that horrendous that's absolutely terrible <laughs> this is why we call you right Alex so that you can <laughs> uh, this is what the, this is Jim Escrie's dick move is what uh, our uh, Super Bowl or no Pro Bowl blog would have to go up against so just, just oh, set the landscape there gosh that is tricky that is tricky <laughs> not going to lie to you in the UK I think we might lose that one <laughs> Okay, so let's move on to the real game, the big, the big one, the the game that everyone has. Well, let's say the the game of a lifetime for some players. Uh, well, yeah, especially Peyton, who is probably this is his last chance of a lifetime. So uh, I don't know. I think that's going to create a lot of uh, neutrals to be on Denver's side. Uh, 
that 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 storyline. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been trying to think who I'm going to back or at least uh, root for this weekend, and I think that storyline is probably the most compelling for us neutrals. Yeah. Plus, uh, plus, generally, Cam's shenanigans have not endeared himself to the neutrals either. No, those pants, those pants he wore on the on the aeroplane. Sorry, trousers for the English fans. <laughs> uh, who do you who do you think is actually going to win? So we we know that you like Denver. You like the Peyton Manning story. Yeah, I, I think I'd favour Denver uh, as an emotional storyline, but I think uh, head over heart, uh, the Panthers are pretty much the favourites going in where I see it. They've got a better quarter... Well, yeah, a more, a more versatile quarterback who can do more things. I mean, he can really hurt you in the run game. He can... And then he's, been, he's defied the critics all year, throwing to quite a weak receiving core, and uh, basically just throwing to Greg Olson the whole time. Uh, and uh, then on the other side of the ball, you've got a great D-line who will probably create the biggest mismatch out of any area of the field going up against Denver's uh, O-line. Especially on the inside, they're just, they're just... I think they're going to be overpowered by that... Um, by that front the Panthers have uh, and then you've got Peyton Manning who well he could he could he could shock us all and just have one last great game but if he goes back to his regular season form where he had like 17 interceptions or something and uh, only 9 touchdowns I think uh, the writing's on the wall if you just look at the statistics yeah but, I mean, the thing you have to remember with the Denver O-line is that it's going to be more effective because it has Peyton behind it. And he's very good at helping the line by kind of, by almost identifying their matchups. And the other thing that you have to remember with Peyton is that he has been injured all year. So the longer the break he has, the better he plays. And having this week off is just going to make him stronger. Mm, that's true. Uh, if he goes early with a few deep shots, then uh, and they can get out into a lead, I think that's their only way they can have a chance of winning. I mean, the, the if they get behind, I don't think, especially in the, the later quarters that Peyton Manning's on, it just gets tired during games. I think you can see that he just uh, can't really throw anything more than intermediate passes. And if he does throw intermediate passes, he's often going to like the right and the middle of the field this year. And you see right and middle of the field for for uh, the Panthers' defense is Josh Norman and Luke Keekley, which is uh, two guys you really don't yeah. want to be throwing into their area. Uh, they're not the easiest of matchups. But that's it. I mean, the other thing is uh, Denver does have uh, a very, very strong defense, and it's got Wade Phillips calling the lines as well for the D and he's proved to be an absolute genius this year that's true I think I think one of the most underrated areas of the Panthers is actually their O-line because you've got Khalil who's first round and Trey Turner who's had a great year this year and then uh, Mr. Blindside himself coming back Michael Ella indeed uh, that's, that's a great storyline actually yeah uh, if only Andrew was here to talk was... about it if only Andrew was here to talk about it that's his favourite player <laughs> He did so well for Andrew's team, but um, he's not here. Um, yeah, I know, they could even have a sequel. I'd like to see a sequel to that film. It was actually not too bad a film. So uh, if they can end that in a uh, 
Panthers Super Bowl win. That would be quite a good because uh, he struggled early on in the last few years, as yeah. Andrew's told us several times. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be a, a nice finish. Okay, do you have a prediction for the game? Uh, I'm going to go quite low scoring, but uh, I'm going to say Panthers 24-13. Okay. For a, bit, I was, for a second, I was a bit interested there, because uh, I've got Panthers, <laughs> the system has Panthers 24, Denver 22 and a half. Ooh, a classic half point. Exactly. The old... Uh, the old half fumbled extra point off the post. <laughs> okay. Good, right, I'm going to go back and write about more gymnasts. Well, thank you very much. Enjoy your dick moves. I'm going to go and eat. <laughs> thank you very much, Alex. Uh, take care. Bye, man. See you soon. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thank you very much to our not so special guest, Alex K. By the way, just to let you know that the season's almost over. And uh, you remember I called that a bet, sirs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you haven't won a single one. What? I've won all of them. Yeah. Fix. Bullshit. Fix. Uh, we can run through them later on in the season, uh, but for now, I think uh, I think it's just to remind you that you can contact us on Twitter at NFL underscore twenty. Yes. Or you can give me some good bets t- to make <laughs> via email. <laughs> at nfl20pod at gmail.com Don't forget to like us on Facebook add us on iTunes, favourite us five stars, whatever you want to do um, Stitcher, any whatever podcast player you use Yes, don't forget to like us in real life as well, um, because that's very important uh, We'd also like to thank Order 66 for providing us with our music as always, which leads me to ask Andrew, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Baltimore Ravens, yeah, yes, right, bitch. Maybe in 2000, never.